When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Jermaine Johnson? Tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets podcast. Three, two... What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's Patriots week, biggest game of the Jets season. No better time to bring on Bob Glover, Mike Giardi, NFL Network, Newsday, Bob, you know, well, Bob's, you know, Bob. So, well, uh, how we got, how we doing today, guys? Big, uh, big week. Bob's retired now. He's just sitting on his ass (laughs) 24-7, 365. Yeah. That's right, buddy. Picking his nose. Hey. Oh, my ear here is getting long. We got to trim that. Yep, yeah. that's where we're at hey. now with Bob. Yeah, and you would love to be doing that, my <laughs> friend, and you know it. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's a big week, and you know this has been a fun uh, NFL season. It's been a crazy NFL season, I would say. There's a lot of we just a lot of things we thought were going to happen. There's always the ebbs and flows in the NFL season, but it feels like this year we've seen a lot of weird stuff happen. Um, you know, we're removed from the COVID stuff now. So it's kind of just, we're back to normal NFL season crowds, the whole nine yards. This is a big game. And from a Jets perspective, we'll start, you know, just kind of how they've kind of gotten here six and three going into the bye. They could be a first place at Thanksgiving, which we're going to partially credit Bob for retiring so that the Jets could get good again. Um, (laughs) And, but seriously, it's, I don't think even the most optimistic person, you know, Mike, we talked before the draft, I thought we really liked what they did, but seven wins maybe we're thinking eight I think I predicted them to go eight and nine I was pretty optimistic I felt like they'd steal one or two this team could win 11 or 12 games if they just take care of business which is crazy to say um I guess Bob we'll start with you did you see this coming at all or are you kind of just are you as shocked as everyone else they're six and three going into New England in mid-November no I, I didn't see six and six and three coming playing for a meaningful game against the Patriots, you know, in, in the later part of November, I didn't see it that optimistically, but I did, I did feel that Joe Douglas's roster was kind of in a, in a very good place and, you know, beyond the formative stage into kind of phase two of, of how you build it. And, you know, everything depended on the quarterback and it still depends on the quarterback. And we still don't know if Zach Wilson is the guy I, I would, I would lean toward, well, he's not going to be as good as as they anticipated he he would be, but but I think they've built around him quite well. Um, had some injury issues. The offensive line, you know, has has struggled in time in, in spots, partly because of those injuries. But overall, you know, this is a competitive team. But again, you know, what what happens with the quarterback? Yeah, Mike, yeah, to me, yeah, to me, it's just ahead of schedule. And we did talk about that roster and the way they drafted. And I loved what they did in free agency. You know, Lake and Tomlinson was the, the big fish of that group, but a lot of good mid-level signings. Although people will look at the money and say, those are more than mid-level. Look, it's the NFL. The cap keeps going up. You just, you got to wrap your head around some of these numbers. It's just the way it's going to be. Um, but to me, it, it does feel like the, the defense has come together as quickly as it has last year. We looked at Sal and said, like, I know we didn't have all the pieces, but like it's a defensive coach and they're not good at defense. Like all of a sudden now they're a top five defense in my book. They're, they're a, they're a legit playoff defense. Someone that would scare the crap out of me if I had to play them in January. So that is massive, but it, it still comes back down to the quarterback, right? Can the quarterback be the guy that we saw versus Buffalo two weeks ago or is it going to be more of the same with the, you know, the, the brain farts and the bad decisions and, and the bad ideas that he gets at quarterback sometimes that, that can really, you know, unravel what I think now is a playoff football team. So um, it's really, you hate to put it on one guy, but it's on one guy. You just got to keep smacking him over the head saying, 
just be smart. Take the sack, throw the ball away, uh, live to play another down, keep punting if we have to, because our defense is that good. And then maybe we'll find some sort of cohesion offensively and get going. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like this Jets team is such a high ceiling because offensively there's so much talent. And like Zach does have a lot of talent. So you're like, if they if this clicks for him, now this is an elite level defense with top tier young weapons. You feel good. The offensive line should get healthier here. Max Mitchell may be back. I doubt he plays this week. He'll probably be back more likely next week. I don't think we're seeing George Fant play for the Jets again. It's just it was a it was a week to week thing, and he's been out for eight weeks with knee soreness. That to me is we're going to let you get healthy and get paid somewhere else. But no, I agree with you. Look, the defense since that blow up on the sidelines, which it felt like everything was trending towards. They're one and one. The Browns game was fun. The Bengals come in. The stupid penalties. And Quinn Williams is yelling at Aaron Whitecott, and you're like. Oh boy, Jet, this is the same old Jets again. And since then, they've been been a top five defense. I want to flip over to the side of the Patriots perspective because, in a lot of ways, these teams are very similar. I feel like they're so well coached defensively. They're good on special teams. Offensively, they have two young quarterbacks on both sides who are turning the ball over. Generally speaking, you know, Max more turning the ball over generally like throughout the season. But the Patriots are kind of weird offensively, and it's they're well coached. They're five and four, but. They're kind of a wonky five and four. I guess, Mike, we'll go to you first. Like, what do you make of this start? Because it's, you know, they're five and four, but they don't feel like a great team. You know, I, I in the media, we often get, you know, people want to point out all the things that we did wrong, the things that we said wrong. But let's just go back to the spring. And we were like, well, not even the spring. When it became pretty clear it was going to be Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running the offense, we're like, what? What are you doing? How do you go from Josh McDaniels? Who, look, he left for a head coaching job, but that's that was the way it was going to go. But how do you go from this guy that had been calling plays for 20 years to two guys that had never called plays offensively ever? Um, in fact, Patricia hadn't been on the offensive side of the ball since 2005 when he was an assistant offensive line coach, basically a glorified gopher at that point. So uh, it, it's gone as bad as we thought it was going to go. In fact, maybe it's gone worse because the quarterback has regressed. And, you know, there's this debate now, is he broken? I think he's broken. Now, can you, you, you obviously you get glue, you can tape this together. You can, you can fix it, but can you fix it with the people that they have in charge of him right now? And, and I don't know, I, they spend so much time working on the wide zone stuff and, and trying to do that. And then the season starts and we're like, well, we, we're not good at that. We're not going to do that. Well, what do they do well offensively? Anybody? Nope. Ramondre. I mean, they're maybe. even a, they're even a middle of the road team running the ball. And that without Ramondre Stevenson, um, they're I don't I don't even know what their record would be two and two and seven. Um, but he's done a lot of it on his own. So they have to find and you know they had to buy they they have to find what they do well enough and just pound the crap out of that from here until the end of the season. Then figure out can we go forward with the coaching staff in place and do we believe that this quarterback is the quarterback. Mike, um, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I, I do want to point out you are wearing a red shirt. I love the red shirt. And you have said farts and ass. So <laughs> this is really, uh, this is, you've made my day. So You're welcome. I, 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 I mean, Mike, Mike knows the Patriots and he knows football and, and, and what he says is true. Um, I, I think Mac, Joan, Mac Jones is going to be okay like, I don't, I don't think psychologically he's going to be, you know, a, a mess. I, I think he, you know, he's, he's had that Alabama um, coaching with Saban. He's got Belichick now. I, I think he's a strong-willed guy, all right? So I think he can rise above this stuff. Now, it has gotten to him a little bit. I think he's, you know, he's felt it. He's, he's never really experienced this kind of criticism before. And it's new, and it's intense, and the glare of New England football is, is pretty bright. Um, but I, I, I feel like this team's upside, this team's best, uh, you know, version of itself was what they did against the Jets. Like that, that game against the Jets was like so formulaic for Belichick coach teams over the years. You play, you hang in, you grind, you make some plays, you don't make some plays. The other team makes a mistake, boom, you do it. And then you pounce and you, you, you take advantage. It was just so well coached. And so Belichickian, the way that game went. And that's how it went for 20 years with Tom Brady. Now, Brady, obviously a talent that is, you know, for the ages. And, and that makes a huge difference. But, you know, there were times when that team would just grind, wait for the mistake, 
capitalize on it. Boom, you're dead. It's it's over, right? And and so that's them at their best, but they're not talented enough to do that on an every week basis. And the receiver position is just so it's just so weak. You know, they don't really accent the tight ends as much as they invested in them. The running game is blah. The defense is is potentially really good. Um, Judon is just having a, a career year, but there's just something missing from this team. And, and, and it's hard to say what, but you just, you know it when you see it because you've seen greatness from this team before. Yeah. The roster is middling and it's, I've been kind of on this theme for two years now, like offensively now I used to have this committed to, to the T and now I'm a little in my head, I'm a little shaky on it, but I think they're first in tight end spending and second in wide receiver spending. All right, they are. <clears throat> and what's what's it for who for what? I mean, that's what I'm saying. And, no, and I know. And you spend all this. And and the tight end thing to me is the more glaring one. God, because I think brutal. they panicked a little bit when it came to receiver, and they gave Aguilar that contract. And it turned out that the wide receiver market, at least two years ago, didn't go crazy, and they probably could have gotten a Juju Smith-Schuster or somebody at seven million versus the 22, 24, whatever they paid Aguilar. But the tight end thing was clear. They wanted to run the offense through the tight ends. They wanted to go Gronk Hernandez, that, that style of play. And everything was, we'll work the middle of the field. These guys are dynamic. You know, they're paying John more for what they thought he could be than what he had done. But, you know, clearly coming into his prime and, and Hunter's just been a top 10 tight end his whole career. They can't, they don't even get the ball to either one of those guys. I think Hunter has 15 catches this year, maybe 18. It's like, it's what, weird. What it's what are weird. we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. Like it's... you can't take to me, other than Ramondre, that's probably your best piece in Hunter. And you're not getting your best piece in the passing game, the football. I don't and, and he's healthy. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's not a not a question of there's something wrong with him. I mean, for nine weeks into the season, he's healthy. Yeah, it's just it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, just kind of the they went all in, they spent, and the first half of last year, I know, again, they got the Jets twice last year who were bad, and, all, and there's all these different things you could point to, but it felt like Mac was taking care of the football, they used the middle of the field, they used Jacoby Myers and these guys more in, like, the short intermediate game, then they would just, you know, they get down the red zone, they, Hunter Henry, I think he had, like, 10 touchdowns or something, you know, last year, right, so, and then this year, I know, I, I've only obviously seen him once in person, but I just was so, like, like Mac Jones, like scrambling. He like for some reason keeps scrambling, and I don't know if he doesn't trust the offensive line. I know they missed Dave Andrews that well, game, but and the Jets' D line's really good, and that's all true. But like, they, I joked with somebody a couple of times earlier this week. They were like, "Oh, who's Sauce going to guard?" I was like, "Does it really matter? Like, is that that's not the matchup that you're looking at? It's like, can they tackle in the box? The the one big play New England popped, as Bob mentioned, it was Ramondre Stevenson doing it on his own because he just ran Jordan Whitehead over. Like there was in, in the middle of the hole, Jordan Whitehead standing there for some reason tried to lower his shoulder as opposed to wrapping up. The rest is history. But other than that, like, I can't point to one play other than a few man beaters. They ran over the middle that you're going, oh, I get it. And it just – the Patriots always had this identity. I felt like – and the Jets kind of were trying to have this identity of, you know, smash mouth, great defense. Patriots obviously have always been somewhat similar. Then they get to the play action game. They cut you alive, you know, in the slot. But I, I just – I don't – I think they – like you said, this game, and we'll get to it now, is it's going to come down to, like, can the Jets limit the mistakes? Special teams-wise, they were putrid against the Patriots, which they haven't been all year, but their two most disappointing losses, I would say, are Baltimore and New England. The special teams was a huge problem in both those games. Uh, missed kicks, penalties, bad field position, then they turned the football over, you know, combined six, you know, five or six times in those two games. I want to go just quickly touch on Zach, and it feels like there's so many times where he he gets it and you see it, and it's, he's made these beautiful throws and these RPOs over the middle. Over the middle in college wasn't really his thing. It was outside the numbers. It's totally flipped the NFL, which is a little weird. Um, and a lot of people pointed to the game plan against New England. I'm not sure I totally buy that. I, there was a lot of guys open. It just – Zach kind of took the wrong route. Are you more concerned with, like, the ease, some of the easy throws or the turnovers that can kind of happen with Zach, or are you more concerned with the pocket presence to me sometimes drives me nuts. It feels like he retreats to the right all the time. And like, I know he didn't do it against the Buffalo, which is what you pointed to. I guess, Bob, from your point of view, you've seen a lot of these Jets quarterbacks over the years and we always get enamored with the off script stuff, a lot of them. <laughs> and, it, and there's some guys that have taken more development than others and, and whatever, but does it worry you at all that the trend of just, 
it's always really leaving the pocket. You want to be outside, but then not a lot of good stuff seems to happen when he rolls out, except for the one play, I guess uh, he hit, you know, he hit to Garrett Wilson early in that game. Sure. I worry about that. If I'm a Jets fan, I look at that and say, man, you know, what, what do we got here? Right. Right. I mean, you, you invested a ton in this guy. You had the conviction. You had Steve Young whispering in Zach's ear and this is going to get done. And, and like, are we going to get the next Steve Young here in New York? Not we, but they, but still, you know, it's okay to see flashes. That's good, right? You want to see flashes, but you also want to see some regularity, some consistency. I don't mind the ducking to the right, you know, because that's, you know, that's, that's kind of a default direction for, for a lot of quarterbacks who have good mobility. That doesn't bother me too much. It's the, it's the decision-making and it's the, I would call it laziness of those. So those interceptions against the Patriots were lazy. You know, he just, yeah, he was trying to fling it out of bounds. He didn't come close to flinging that, that one of them out of bounds. Yeah. And Strong so, arm so can't make it out of bounds. Yeah. No, no. You know, it's okay to have like what, what we call athletic arrogance, but you got to be able to back that up and you got to be able to back that up with consistency good fundamentals and setting your feet. And the one thing that Zach defined Zach last year, after he came back from the knee injury, he was setting himself much more. And he was, uh, he would make those tight window throws to Berrios. You say, Oh my God, the light came on. Here we go. Look at that. Right. He still can make those tight window throws. And you say, okay, if he's making those, you know, then, then hit that slant with touch and stop, you know, rifling the ball in where your, your receivers can't catch it on a, on a five yard pass. Right. So got to be more consistent. There's, there's just no two ways about it. Yeah. Mike, we, we talked a little bit about it. I'm going to ask you, we talked a little bit about it after that game of there were so, Denzel Mims, Garrett Wilson, and it felt like both the tight ends for that matter, there was just plays there where it's like they were giving him a layup and he just didn't want the layup and then would go to something so much more difficult than I know Connor Rogers has mentioned this a bunch uh, on the Badlands show. You start cutting the field in half and then it comes to a quarter and there, there's no one there. And Devin McCourty sitting there going, I've seen this for 15 years playing the same yeah. team. I'm just going to stand here and you're going to throw me the football. And like that, that part is what drove, I think everyone nuts a little bit. I'm, I mean, you and I were, when we talked offline about that game and the aftermath of it, if, if they get competent quarterback play from Zach, they win by 10 points, maybe more like I mean, forget about the interception, the pick six that, that got reversed, all that thing. Like, just if he plays as he did against Buffalo, as he had really prior to when he came back from the injury, it wasn't great. He wasn't, you know, wasn't doing these awesome things except for the, the fourth quarter of that Steeler game. But he didn't put the ball in harm's way very much. You know, he, he instead of drifting wildly to his right at times when there's no pressure, he stood in there, you know, and you saw in the Buffalo game, like, he ate the ball a couple times. He threw it away a couple times. He used his legs and went forward. Not this way. He went forward and got himself plays, positive plays. Like, I mean, if I'm LaFleur and I'm Salah, I'm in his ear. I, I haven't stopped, you know, since the bye week started and leading into this week. Like, just play like that, dude. Just play like that. Like, we can live with the 150 yards passing if there are no turnovers there. You know, if you're smart with the football and, and that's – you know, I, I still think the Jets roster is better than the Patriots roster. I mean, it's a, obviously it's a tough spot. Both teams coming off a bye. You're on the road. And Zach's got that thing in his head now where the last time I saw him, you know, I peed down my leg. Um, can he – is he capable of overcoming that? You know, he, he certainly was against Buffalo. But now he's going to see those same people again. McCourty, uh, Jawan Bentley, we threw that ball to over the middle. Like, does he have that in him to be like, now that was then this is now I'm a different guy and you're going to see it. I was a different guy before I played you and I'm back to being that same guy again after Buffalo. So that's, that's what it comes down to for me. You know, Mike, you, you bring up an interesting point uh, about, you know, playing, basically playing conservative, right. And, and just don't be afraid to just live to see another down. Yeah. And, and Sala brought that point up after the new England game. And it was as if that was the first time he was saying it. But actually, that was not the first time he was saying that. That was about the hundredth time he was saying that because you, because you go back to people forget about last year when Zach got off to a tough start. Sala said, "I it might have been the third or fourth game of the season. It's okay to be boring, Zach. It's okay to be boring." I remember it very distinctly. You know, back when I was a sports writer then, and 
<laughs> so, so, but that theme has continued. And you, you couple that with something that Josh Allen said this week. I found it very interesting. And Josh said, you know, I've had this issue my whole career. High school, college, pros. I know I can do more. I want to do more. I want to be the guy to, to make it happen. And that gets me in trouble sometimes. So there is a fine line there. And, you know, you talk about that. They all have this athletic arrogance, this confidence that they can do it and they can extend the play because they will get that extra moment to find the open receiver. And then bad things happen. Like, you know, Josh, it's happened now with regularity the last three games. So John, uh, Zach has that same thing. And so he's got to fight his nature. And that's that's hard to do. Yeah, well, and I would say the one more thing about that, too, is just because of how certain quarterbacks that come into the league, the Herberts and the Burroughs, and set the world on fire, then now the expectation is that everyone comes in and that's what they do. But to the Josh Allen point, 52% as a rookie, 58 59% in his second year. It was the third year that he took the big leap. Zach hasn't played a ton of football. And just when you thought, like in training camp, just when you're feeling like, ooh, this last week and a half in training camp, it's all coming together for him. It, it looks like it's slowing down. It, the, the, you can feel the energy of the offense. He gets hurt, and then he has to miss time. And then, you know, maybe there was a little weird thing going on about, like, he's coming back sooner than he's supposed to, and no, put the brakes on that. Like, just let's let this play out. So, I mean, how many games does he really have under his belt? And it, it, to me, this back half of the season here is important for him to establish some level of consistency. And then we can talk about in the offseason, okay, now he's got enough games under his belt. Now you're expecting a leap. But here we have, you know, he's had such stops and starts with the injuries and stuff that we don't really have a good feel for his progression. And we're so quick to rush to like, oh, he can't play. Well, guess what? They said Tua, we, I mean, we all kind of debated the Tua thing, right? Doesn't have the great arm. Like gave him a couple more pieces. And now all of a sudden Tua's arguably playing as well as any quarterback in the league. Um, and whether you want to attribute that to the guys that are around him or to him, that that's the facts. His, his numbers are ridiculous this year. And I just wonder, you know, like we're, we're trying too hard to quickly say he's not that guy yet. He's got plenty of talent. He just needs to harness it and be smart about it. Yeah. It's the, the couple of things you guys mentioned that kind of resonate with me that a it's, I'm very curious how he's going to come off the buy from the aspect of last year after the injury, he went home, they had the bye week one way back work with John back and the fundamentals got cleaned up so quickly. And Quincy Avery was on the podcast two weeks ago and said, Hey, it's these guys in season. You guys know this, but in season, they're not working on fundamentals with these guys. It's scheme. It's play calling. It's getting everyone healthy, getting you to Sunday. And sometimes you kind of start to get lazy with that stuff. And it's, that can't happen. Um, Josh Allen's gotten in trouble with it. And you guys mentioned Mahomes got in trouble with it a little bit last year where it's like you fall so in love with the special stuff that, you forget you could just be awesome doing your job. And I wonder if I hate when Zach, in a sense that I love that Zach idolized Aaron Rodgers, but go back to the throws that Rodgers doesn't make, because that's probably what makes him the most special. He's turned the ball over at the least rate of any quarterback in NFL history. And he does all the special stuff and he knows when to pick his shots. It's Zach learning the more reps he gets. Can you pick your shots where they have the out and up to Corey or Mims or whoever, Garrett Wilson, whoever it's going to be. That's your shot. But you don't have to take that shot six times. It's not always going to be there. It's take dude, five yards is okay. Like your completion percentage is pretty awful. Like you should, you might want those throws. So in the next morning, 21 to 30, you know, 21 to 40 or whatever what was it? 21 to 42 or 43 last game. Like maybe that's 29 to 43 and you're starting to feel the 355. You're like, Oh, okay. You know, um, the one other thing I was going to mention, I don't know if you, and then we'll kind of move on to a little bit more of this, you know, rivalry, or it's not really a rivalry if you never win, but um, seven of his acts interceptions against the Patriots, you know, seven of his 15 or 16 and a half of a career here. Um, do you not feel like it's, you feel like Zach's interceptions, generally speaking, are all almost self-inflicted wounds, kind of what we're talking about. It doesn't feel like he's making the tight window throw. That's like a defender just makes a great play. Devin McCourty jumps her out. It's all like throwaways or just like laziness, Bob Osmond, as you much mentioned. That's the thing that's like almost bothers me more than anything is it's a lot of self-inflicted stuff because the rest of the time he doesn't turn the ball over. And it's it's just weird to me. Yeah, but on the other hand, um, you're right. I think they are more self-inflicted. But to me, those are more correctable. Like, OK, you got to if you fix it and, and you figure out why and he figures out why, well, you fix it. 
And then it, and you're down to those tight window throws that, you know, you sometimes you can't blame a quarterback for, for trying and, and it, it happens, you know, good plays happen. Um, but, but I, but I do feel like it's that egregious, like, Oh my God, you know, you just see it coming, sit up in the press box and he's, ah, oh, it, it's like, you can see it. That was what, um, that was what was happening, you know, with Sanchez against uh, the Patriots. That was was happening with Darnold against the Patriots. You just see this slow motion train wreck happening, and and that happens with Zach. Um, but again, that that that's correctable. Um, will it be corrected? We don't know, but at least you have that going for him. Yeah, and, and just you know, the other thing I would say too, just more about the game itself, is I thought that the Jets abandoned the run way too fast in that previous game. And maybe that was just the Brees Hall thing where we don't have Brees and we're afraid to put too much on, on Michael Carter at this point, we, you know, obviously because he's a smaller guy, you're worried about his health and James had just gotten there. Like they went back and they ran the ball against the bills. I think that's huge. huge. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, you look at some of the biggest games the Patriots have ever played just because I'm, you know, I've been around them for so long, but like the Super Bowl against Atlanta, when they came back from 28, three, they ran the ball. They were running the ball down 28 to three. They didn't they, down four scores. And they, they said, no, 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 this, this is a long game. We still got to do this. We still have to balance this. And they did. And I, so like, okay, you're down by seven or what, like you can't, you can't, or whatever. You just can't abandon it where they stuffed us three times. Oh, let's, let's shelve it. Let's just start throwing every down. No. And, and I think maybe if Michael LaFleur is as smart as I think he is, then not only, has Zach have to have learned from what happened, but I think Mike has to have learned from what happened and can't put that much on his quarterback shoulders in this moment. Yeah. It's uh, second half Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs is a, uh, is an interesting dude. Um, especially late in games. You're such a smart guy. It's, it's a weird pattern how the fourth quarter don't, don't starts. Don't get me started on Shanahan. I got a lot to, I could say well, about him. I'm yeah, not going to well, leave it or leave it alone. Well, leave a disciple of Shanahan. So unfortunately <laughs> uh, it has to be brought up, but I want to kind of get to this matchup and we've talked a little bit about how these teams kind of match up. Is there a spot on either side? I know it's the obvious one's going to be Patriots defense for a sack and staying in the pocket. This Jets defense, run defensive-wise, has improved and all that stuff. And we talked about the quarterbacks. I really, I know it sounds so old-fashioned, but like the special teams battle in this game, it just feels like with the Patriots, if you can beat them at their own special teams game, you have a chance. Do you feel like, am I crazy that this game could come down to one or two special teams or Braxton Barris makes a big play or Slater is as normal down to punt inside the two and it sets up a bat. Like, am I crazy here that that might be, that might be a big factor in this game? I don't think you're crazy. And I just quickly, you know, Jake Bailey, who they gave a nice extension to Patriots punter has had a bad year, not kickoffs. His kickoffs have been great, uh, but punting has been really poor. He's one of the bottom guys in the league and he just popped up on the injury report with a back injury. So that's something to watch. They have uh, Pilardi, who they brought in, I think, prior to the break. Um, he's on the practice squad. But I just wonder if we could be looking at a situation where your, your normal punter isn't there. Um, they also brought in guys. And, and look, every team updates their, their Rolodex of guys, right? They want to make sure who's ready. But they brought in a bunch of long snappers as well. And if you look at some of the Patriots issues in the punt game, obviously, it's all – People put it on Bailey. I shanked the punt. He did a 30-yard punt. Joe Cardona has been really good in that role for a long time, the Navy guy. Uh, there's been some low snaps that, that Bailey's sort of picking up off the ground. Don't hit the ground, but, you know, he's got to bend down and he's got to go get him. And I just wonder, you know, like to your point, like one bad snap or one shank kick or now you're going with your your practice squad punter, like that that could shape the game, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, and I'll 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 second that, and and it's you know to, to me these you know when your teams are pretty evenly matched, and I would say they're they're fairly evenly matched. Jets roster is more talented collectively, but you know you're talking about it's coaching, it's it's everything, it's home field. Um, so so one of those plays either way certainly, and but I would give the Patriots the advantage most of the times because I think they're so well coached special teams wise. Um, the one matchup that I'm very curious about and it's kind of goes back to it's how you beat the Patriots when Tom Brady was the quarterback and maybe it's because I'm in New York and I saw the Giants do it twice rushing up the middle but the Jets have some strength up the middle along the defensive line and you know Quinton Williams to me is a guy who can really disrupt this game um, by by hitting some home runs up the middle and 
getting to Mac Jones and, and making this kind of a, um, making the, that team a one-dimensional team. So yes, special team, any, any, any freaky play turnovers and, and, you know, you always look at that, but that, that one matchup, I would say, you know, that if the Jets are going to have a chance, it, it would come via that. Yeah. I mean, I love Williams. I think I, I, I've tweeted this before, like the two best players I've seen in person this year were TJ Watt, who happened to get hurt in the game. I saw him week one and then Quinnen. I just think they're, oh. they're really difficult to block. Yep. Um, and if you can do what they've done for the better part of the year, which is get pressure with four, then you can play all kinds of games in the back. And Will, you and I were texting earlier this week about the idea of like moving sauce around and like that pages basically kind of avoided sauce in that, in that first meeting. But I look at the situation now and I say, Myers has been their guy and Myers got Myers was their best him and Ramondre were the two best players against the Jets and actually Myers has been their best receiver by far this year but he's been someone that that's Max guy now that Hunter Henry for whatever reason has been phased out and I just wonder in third down situations even though they love Carter if maybe the move there isn't just to say no you know what we're going to make you beat us with if Devonte Parker's back this week, which looks like it's probably going to happen, or we're going to make you beat us with Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne. Like, go ahead, go for it, go nuts. But on third down and six, you want Myers. We're not giving you Myers. Yeah. We'll find someplace else to do it. And then with that pass rush, then all of a sudden, does he get you know a little shaky back there, and you know maybe you get the turnover, um, which you know he's been prone to for a better part of the year. Yeah, it's. I'm very interested to see what they do there because they've been kind of stubborn about it. They've re they were really stubborn about it last year. I know they've adjusted somewhat, but they were so like last year they was Javelin Gedry came in. Brandon Eccles got hurt, who's actually played really nice when he's got when he's gotten on the field, and they let Stefan Diggs on Javelin Gedry, and it was it was really ugly in that game. And it was it was just I don't know if it was trying to get him experience or what, but that was one of those games where like they're not trying to win this football game because if you were you would not be leaving a practice squad slot corner on a top five receiver in the league. I want to kind of ask you guys about this, the elephant in the room, which is not an elephant anymore. It's the, the 13 wins in a row. The last time the Jets won in Foxborough in the regular season was, you know, I was watching the, I was watching the game back there day. I was just, I forgot about the game. Brett Favre was starting. It was Thursday night football. Dustin Keller. We were talking, yeah, we were talking about um, the, you know, the big bloated numbers of tight ends and receiver contracts. The Patriots were missing, like, I believe it was Adelius Thomas, um, Rodney Harrison and Brady and like one or two others. And they're like, they have $20 million worth of cap space out. And in my head, I was like, dude, all of those guys would be making $20 million a year at this point. Um, but it's, it's getting to the point where it becomes a thing. And even though a lot of these guys, I know they talked about it said, Oh, you know, we weren't here for that. We don't buy into it. You have to hear it. And I know these guys say they don't hear it. They hear this stuff. I've, you can ask them all off record. I, you know, you guys know they, they hear everything and it's gotten to the point now where, okay, you let one slip, but and you know, two weeks ago, but this 13 in a row now has become a real thing. And it's another, whatever, 15 or 16 in a row in Foxborough. It's not pretty. And if you don't, you feel like this is the statement, like this to, for this to become a rivalry, the Red Sox eventually had to beat the Yankees. It was, it was a fun rivalry and everyone hated each other, but if you win every time, it doesn't really matter. And Mike, we joke about like, you know, Trini and Amherst and all that stuff and whatever, but if the same team keeps winning, it's, it becomes a thing and it's so mental. Do you feel like that's the biggest hurdle in this game is like, do the Patriots maintain that we kind of own you mentally, or is it, can the Jets overcome that? And um, we can stop talking about 13 in a row or 18 in a row, whatever it is. I defer to the historian here, which is to say the old man of the group. Yeah. Uh, Get some shoe polish, man. <laughs> in my day. <laughs> no, I, I, this is not a rivalry right now. Yeah. I mean, it is over gent over decades but it's not a rivalry, you know, 13 games in a row. Is that the most active of any team in, in football today? So I think it's up there. Jets, Jets, Pats is 13 in a row. I believe chiefs Broncos was the, is the last is, was there is at their tied 13 in a row. And then <laughs> I think it's, I think it was bills or dolphins over the jets was 12 in a row or, or no Eagles okay. Eagles over the jets is 12 in a row, but the, the current record right now, the jets are tied. But we're talking historic, you know, yeah. I mean, that, and that does play into uh, a team psyche. And I don't care how many times, how, how much you say, we don't think about it. I don't care whether the coach is trying to do whatever he can to kind of get guys off of that. 
it's there and it's okay. Acknowledge it, man. Because when you do win, I mean, eventually they'll win. Um, it'll, it'll be that much sweeter. Um, I, I, I don't know that it's going to be this week. You know, I think Bill Belichick is just too good in this kind of spot. Unless, you know, unless there's some weird stuff that goes on, I, I think it would continue. But, you know, the Jets, if they're going to take that next step, if they're going to be a playoff team, they're, they're going to have to beat the Patriots. And uh, there's just no two ways about it. Yeah, I think it's show me time for the Jets, right? And they should have won that game a couple of weeks ago. I just yeah. I'll, I'll, they absolutely should have. That was their moment. They let it pass. But now um, they get another one three weeks later. They get that same chance. Granted, it's on the road. But, okay, you. as I said, I feel like they're a little ahead of schedule, but their defense can be dominant. So to go dominate. Go dominate in there. Make the, make the Patriots look as – as bad as they've looked offensively all year, make them look worse. And, and, you know, you get that turnover from Jones, you get, you get a play, somebody makes a play there. Maybe Zach makes a play for you offensively, whatever it is, like go get them. Cause I think it is, the opportunity is definitely there. I, I, I know, I know that they regret what happened a few weeks ago. And we, we heard the comments afterwards. And then we heard the comments right after the bills game about like, you know, the, we got a can't wait again, right? From from Sauce about getting a chance to play, play the Patriots again, come up after the bye. So, that I kind of liken this team a lot to those Rex Ryan, Bart Scott teams, like because defense, they're clearly defense first. That that defense has a ton of swag on it. They got a bunch of people that make plays on that defense. The offense is kind of like, yeah, just don't get in the way. Well, that's yeah. this is it, right? Don't get in the way. Those teams had some success in Foxborough uh, against the Patriots, that playoff game, obviously. So, okay, go do it now. Yeah, it's it's something that I, I kind of – I spoke with Jenny Coakley earlier in the week about this, that teams – people nationally, whether they like it or not, they're going to take the Jets more seriously if they win this game. Seven and three and you're in first, but you've beaten New England, you've beaten Miami, and you've beaten Buffalo. Now team, people are going – okay, you've won on the road in a place like Lambeau, you've won in Foxborough, and you've beaten some of those teams in your division. Now we can take you seriously that, like, it's not a, you know, fluky, you can point, poke holes. The Bills game is great, and, and that's all fine. Some, you could still poke holes, and I guess Milano and Poyer are not playing. Like, there's always a reason that you could free Hall and ABT to play either, so it, it doesn't really matter. But if you want that respect nationally, you want to get flexed against Minnesota, and, you know, that game would be pretty exciting. It could be 9-2, and 8-3, and three, and that's all great. If you lose this weekend, people are going, okay, now you've dropped both. Now the Patriots have a two-game lead on you because that's the biggest part of this game. I was going to say is, do you guys feel like, I know the Jets need it mentally more, but I also feel like they need this game more, like, in the standings, in the standings-wise. The Jets still have to go to Seattle. They have to go to Minnesota. They have to go to Buffalo. They have to go to Miami. This is There's four games that left that you feel like you're more talented on paper. It's New England, Jacksonville, Chicago, um, and Detroit. You kind of got to get all four of those. You get to 10 wins. You feel good about, you feel good about that. You don't lose that tiebreaker. Do I, am I crazy? I know the Patriots have dropped to five and five, but they still have Miami again. They have Buffalo twice. I just feel like new England could probably get away with not winning this and get to that seven seed. Maybe the jets, it, you worry if you lose this game, do you start to kind of, can you, do you spiral into Chicago fields playing well? It's, it's a little dicey. It's funny that you say that because I think the view here, from a fan perspective, uh, from a talk radio perspective, it is like, oh, you have to have this one if you're the <laughs> Patriots. Like, this is because, the, again, their thinking is locally, well, you're the better team. So when you look at the schedule, you say, okay, there's that interesting swing where they got to go in December and play on a short week. They play at Arizona, then they play at Vegas. That game's in prime time, although if Vegas continues to lose and you continue to be middling, probably not. But you start to look at some of those games, two against Buffalo, but the last one against Buffalo is Buffalo got their position all sewed up. Are they only going to play their, you know, like who, who knows how that works? I mean, two weeks ago, they're probably the number one seed. And then you're like, well, they might not even play their guys or we're playing for a half, but now they might still be fighting for seeding. But like, so you start to look at the scenario and you say, well, if you're the Patriots, this is a team that you've had success with. This is a team you feel like you have to beat, especially because you're home and you already beat them. So I think both sides are kind of looking at it in the same way in that regard. Yeah, you want to you want to see what Belichick would 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 do when asked this kind of question about you know looking at looking ahead and like here's Belichick. He, he had his guys doing the same thing, 
far this week. Oh, the lobotomies uh, worked? They've got the three games in 12 days. And so that's, you know, that's a popular question. Well, I was like getting ready for three games in 12 days. And I, dude, I'm just worried about today. Yeah, like, yeah. we got the Jets on Sunday. Like, I don't, I'll worry about that when it's time to worry about the next one. But I just got to worry about yeah. this one that's, first. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. And I'll go old man on you here. Three games in 12 days. That's, that's a lot. There was a time when the, and I think it was when the Browns were in the AAFC, they had, Paul Brown had three games in eight days. Could you, could you imagine that? Three games in eight days and they won them all, including two on the West Coast. All right, that's it. I'm done. My God, wait a minute. No, it's not in there. It's not this in there. Book it's, is guts in it's in I, this one, man. It's in this one, buddy. I have, I have both of those. <laughs> you know what's funny about that one? I don't know. I never got that one. <laughs> I got you know, it. I had to pay for this yeah. one. I had to pay for this one. No, no signed copy. No, no, like from Bob. Nope, didn't get that. Really? And the Mine's, other not, one, mine's not signed either. Nope. I kind of suck. Oh, that's bad. I I, I owe you guys. Sorry, no, man. You, you, you took me for granted. That's why Ty Dunn is my. <laughs> that's why Tyler Dunn is now my favorite writer. <laughs> he signed it. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Again, it's a big swing. Um, you know, again, Jets win this game. You're going to Chicago at home. Revis getting retired. You feel really good about going in eight and three in Minnesota, which I don't care what anyone says. They're a beatable team. Kirk Cousins scares me, and hopefully that game gets flexed in the prime time because we know how. Primetime you know, Kirk. Primetime Kirk is, uh, yeah. is a special yeah. special animal. PTK. Um, <laughs> what's he? Zero and eight. Yeah, it's gross. Rogers is Rogers is twenty nine and five in prime oh time, God. which is wow. disgusting. Yeah, um, I, I think they win tonight. Us, we'll do one more Jets Patriots question. And well, then, what's Rogers in the playoffs? And like oh, eight, and, I think eight, eight and thirteen. Yeah, not good. No, it's it's uh, it's weird. I, I, that's a we could do an hour on Rogers because he's sure. one of the most. I think he's one of the most interesting people that's ever played football, just from you. The, on the field versus off the field, it's crazy. Um, the expectation, I'm just going to ask you one jet specific. They win this game. Is the expectation have to flip to let's go win the division, or is it still trying to hold yourself back to going just get in the playoffs, be ahead of schedule, get that experience? Because it's hard to sit at Thanksgiving and go, we're in first place. That's not the expectation. But as we mentioned, the expectation going into the year was, can you get to eight wins? Can you can you sneak in as the seven seed? And now all of a sudden, you're in your own destiny. Like if they they go five and two down the stretch here, like they could be hosting a playoff game, which is which is kind of insane to think about. Yeah. I don't know that you I don't know that you look that far ahead um, with a win. Maybe you know if Buffalo loses, well maybe you think about it. But I think it's still it's still week to week, and you still like you still got to look at Buffalo as like every championship team has a wobble, right? At all of them. They all do. And, and you think, oh, this, uh, here we go. What's up? They're going to do it. Um, so uh, this is their wobble. This is Buffalo's wobble. But I, I just don't think the Jets are good enough yet. And I don't think Zach's good enough yet to start thinking about, well, you know, let's let's think. Of, of course, you'd love to win the division and, and you'd love to host a playoff game. But, uh, you know, one step at a time. Yeah, I would just say, like, if they win this game, then – I'd be disappointed if they didn't end up in the playoffs, but I wouldn't worry about the division stuff. I, yeah. I'm with Bob. Like the bills had a blip last year too. And you remember it was like, there was a whole thing between McDermott and Dable and like, what's going on when I run the ball enough. And then Josh Allen decided I'm just going to do this all myself, which gets him into the problems that he gets into this year. But like, then all of a sudden they took off again. And as we know, they were 13 seconds away from going to the AFC title game and I think they were the best team in football last year. So they were probably winning a Super Bowl. So uh, there's a lot of what ifs there. But yeah, they, they just win this game. And to me, then the clear thing is you're a playoff team. Don't, don't screw that up. Yeah, I thought they, they won the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. That's that's what everyone said, right? They, <laughs> that, that was the Super Bowl. The Bengals get no credit. Um, it's weird. The Bills fans seem to keep having these Super Bowls where um, they, you know, they almost beat the Vikings and the Jets. But uh, unfortunately, that's, that's didn't. a tortured. That's a tortured bunch. Yeah, oh I, I wish I could say I felt bad, but unfortunately, um, who's more tortured? You guys are. Uh, I would say the Bills have had more. Bob, you're you're gonna know this better than me, but I would say the Jets have had less like crushing losses. It's more of the Jets have had these just re- nothing. No one ever. This never happens to the Jets. The you know the butt fumbles and the mono and Geno mm-hmm. Smith breaking his jaw. Like that's 
more tortured for a Jets fan, whereas I feel like the Bills have had these just like you lose four Super Bowls in a row. I feel like yeah, you win. You win that competition. Yeah, I think uh, that's pretty close, though, man. <laughs> and you know, fifty years more than fifty years for your only Super Bowl. So that's uh, that's a toss up right there. Someone needs to. Joe Namath needs to sacrifice something because <laughs> yeah, he's he's cursed this. I wanted to kind of end on on two fun things. Favorite uh, Mike, favorite Bob story since oh, while while we're on oh, here. Oh, no. that, I mean, there's going to be more than one, but oh, one uh, one, no. one of your favorite one of your favorite ones. Well, I can't. I wasn't there for the steak and shake scenario. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask Bob about that offline. Um, this is a family oh show. Um, I have a great picture that Bob took of me in Indianapolis as I was walking down the street that it, it pops up on my phone all the time. You know, like the phone memories, it comes up all the time. Dick's last resort. And there's a picture. <laughs> and, and Bob was trying to cheer me up. It was a, I had a, I had a rough, I had a rough day that day. Uh, you can Google it. Had something to do with Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I joined a club that that um, Steve Levy, I think, started, and there's a few others that are in it prominently. I can't believe you're going here. Yeah, I Bob. Bob, uh, I love you. Bob did his best to cheer me up, but then he took that picture and sent it to me, and actually, it was perfect because then that made me laugh really hard. They <laughs> sent me that picture because I lost it. I lost it in uh, transferring stuff from to a different phone. So I, I, I. Desperately want that picture. That's the old man technology thing, right Thank there. You. I, I oh, lost no. the pictures. Is it? Are they gone? Are they done? Are they? Are they? Do I have a shot? I don't know. I, I don't think I do. It's terrible. <laughs> Google pictures, right? <laughs> so now I got I, my turn for a yeah. Story. You got to give you got to give him a nice mic one. The the story with Gronk is funny. It's it's not a uh, it's not that bad. I've, there was there was a bad one the other day on TV that was would be I, the top years, frankly. Listen, man. We're, when you're buddies with a guy who does that, it's pretty bad. <laughs> All right. We had to lift this guy up off the floor at a, at a pizza joint. Yeah. And this poor guy was shattered. And I, I mean, it was tough, but you, you weathered it, Mike. And you I, had, I had to, you know, I had to explain that to my kids too. I'm like, Hey, like, you know, I came home and they're both in uh, yeah, high school. My daughter was in high school. My son was probably in middle school. I was like, Hey, look, your friends might, your, 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 their parents are going to know the story might filter down just this is what happened and my, they're both like bruh <laughs> i was like hey what are you gonna do it happened it, it happened bruh i don't know if i have any funny funny story uh i don't know a constant oh, source of amusement to bob on on a uh, text thread yeah mike is mike is is very easy i would say mike's whining about <laughs> having a cold uh, I, I get him like he hurt his back slipping on the ice. He always makes fun of me for being the old guy and everything old happens to Mike. He slipped on the true. ice in Denver and he still got a back problem. Yep. Right. It's just like 10 years ago. Um, but, but I do find I, 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 there's really nothing funny that comes to mind other than like, I, I found Mike to be just a good guy. Uh, I did some hits with his uh, NBC affiliate uh, station in, in Boston with Tom Curran and, you know, I said, well, who's this guy, Mike? See, he's a, just a very smooth host. He kind of keeps it going. He directs traffic well, and he's nice. And we, we, we just kind of hit it off. And then we realized that, you know, we, we ask about our backgrounds. And he went to um, uh, a small liberal arts college outside of Boston, majored in English, did his thesis on William Faulkner. And I'm like, whoa, I went to a small school outside of New York, uh, majored in English and did my senior thesis on William Faulkner. So, and then we, you know, we're two slappies, you know, covering <laughs> football and, 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 and get, get meet each other 30 years after the fact. It's awesome. It's uh, it's funny. I, we, I always joke. I joked about this. I met Bob when I was like two years old, him and my, his brother and my dad went to high school together and same, uh, same thing. It's very, it's very interesting. Every time I've ever posted something with Bob, I get a text from, I get like a message from Lisa Glauber, who's Bob's I guess, niece. And she's like, is that my uncle? And I was like, yep. That... <laughs> uh, when I posted a picture of us at the combine, but no, oh, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been uh, exciting. Uh, it's been nice. You know, now you've retired, you can relax. 
DJ's out of New York now. The Jets have gotten good. The Giants are seven <laughs> and two. It's weird how that works. It's almost like you guys are holding them back. I am the Jets and Giants are what a combined 13 and five since I retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they yeah, won, somebody said have on they Twitter, won 13 hey, games in the last five years. I, I somebody, yeah. somebody goes, uh, hey Bob, you know, I miss your writing, but if we'd have known this, I wish you'd have retired years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're like same. I would have loved to retire and and hang out uh, and hang out at uh, home. I guess. Well, quickly, you know, I know it's too early to give a Super Bowl pick, but gut feeling right now, who are we seeing? Uh, who are we seeing playing in February? I I'm gonna stay. I'm staying with Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs 49ers. I feel like we're we're due for a rematch from a couple years ago, um, unless Kyle, you know, does his thing in the playoffs, and then we might yeah. be fucked. Yeah. Well, I picked I picked uh, Buffalo against Green Bay. So I, I'm going to stick with that. Obviously, Green Bay, it's got a long way to go um, to get there. So, but I, I can't, I can't pick Minnesota. I can't pick San Francisco. I can't pick Seattle. I probably can't pick Tampa, although I maybe could be convinced if they go on a little bit of a run. But I, I do feel good about Buffalo kind of overcoming these these blips. Um, and, and, and I'll stick with that. Yeah, I was Buffalo at the beginning of the year. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna stick with that. I hate everybody in the NFC. Like, there's not one team that jumps out. There's not one team that jumps out, out to me. No, Mike, Mike, just I hate everybody. Just stop there. Well, there there's That's that. how you are. Yes. But uh, there are good teams in the AFC. The NFC, like, I mean, I'm almost in my head. I'm thinking Tampa. And I, like, I didn't like anything that Tampa did for seven, eight I weeks. I know. I know. There's, for there's a couple that, weeks, you're starting to feel scenario. There's a scenario where they play the Giants. They would get the Giants, which you would favor Tampa. And then I think they would get, I don't know. It was the other team didn't make any. Oh, they'd get. Um, I can't think of who they get. They'd either get like Minnesota or they'd get somebody else where you'd be like, man, we probably like Brady over Kirk in a playoff game. And all of a sudden you're sitting there going, Unbelievable. are the Bucs going to do this again? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, Philly obviously has been the best team in the NFC, but like this past game was the first time Jalen Hurts had to throw a pass in the second half trailing. I know. I know. I don't trust so, them yet. I don't trust them yet. Yeah, it's I don't okay. either. I might. I yeah. might end up trusting him. There's a lot of good pieces on that team. That's probably yeah. the most complete roster, but I still want to know about the quarterback. I still want yeah. to know if you're down seven, can he take you down the field mm-hmm. throwing the football? I don't I don't know that yet. Yeah, well, so tonight will be an interesting test. It feels like Green Bay wins. You have to keep them in the conversation and they lose. Um, I just don't know how they're going to win out. They got Philly coming up and they have Minnesota again, but um, appreciate you guys hopping on. Obviously, Mike will be covering Jets Pats, so make sure you're following him as a Jets fan. You know, some of the stuff coming up this week. Bob is going to be doing what me and many others are doing and watching the game and, uh, you know, being able to enjoy life. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be apple picking and then I'll be uh, watching the game. Uh, it's a little late for apples but you know i just wanted to rub it in for for he's got to work you're such a jerk hope it's really cold i hope it's It's gonna be good good i think it's supposed to be like 25 in the morning when we start 25 when we start tv in the morning like like, wear your jacket don't forget i don't want to see the text oh my god i forgot my winter jacket i'm (laughs) not start throwing stuff in my car i got gloves in my car already now yeah yeah i gotta think ahead on this one yeah please well, Sunday mornings get a little harried, and then all of a sudden you're running out the door, and you realize you forgot half your yeah. stuff. You know. Thanks so much, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch you guys right. next week. All right, thanks, man.